I don't know if you guys uh, have had a chance to watch it yet. That's what the spoilers tag is there. It came out December 21st on Netflix. But Bird Box has been, uh, it's gotten a lot of people talking. Uh, it's been turning out a lot of memes. And after the first few minutes, I got why. You start with Sandy Bullock being all extra. Yelling at two little four-year-old children about how she's going to offend to hurt them. I will hurt you. Like, Lord Jesus. You know, I can't help but thinking this entire time. If Tom was with a black woman and two black children, it would just be a different movie. I just kept thinking, this white lady and her children, you know, like black, black parents don't have to tell their kids, you know, the stakes. And I felt like the little girl of the two white children didn't really need to hear all this either. But I'm getting to that. So Bird Box, again, spoiler alert. If you haven't seen it, don't listen to the podcast. Um, it, Susan Beer directed it. She did not write the book. Uh, that's Josh Mallerman. He wrote the book. It's his debut novel, by the way. So good on you, Josh. Um, his shit's blowing up. I uh, hear the book is really good. It's, it, it's doing quite well. But essentially, you know, Laurel uh, Henry's, uh, Howry's character, uh, we loved him in Get Out. He was the friend in Get Out. He was like telling our main dude, he's like, don't fuck with white people. And in this movie, he tells us, you know, he's a supermarket employee writing a book. But he says, you know, this is, they have this in all kinds of cultures, an ancient evil that makes you manifest your worst fears and then you kill yourself, right? I was like, okay, so Laurel gets the job of telling everybody, telling all of us, you know, what's about to happen. So that's what this whole thing's about. Uh, what I did notice about this movie almost immediately is that when you stack the cast up like this, you know you're going to have a high body count. Also, because you and I watch so many other things, we know who's going to go first. Yeah. <laughs> it's like We just watch a lot of TV shows and we know who's in what. Like we keep up with a lot of IMDb. So I'm sitting here watching it with you, and I knew that Sarah Paulson was going to be out of there. They got to wrap her ass out because she had to be at another apocalypse. You know, she couldn't stay too long in this apocalypse because she was starring in the other one, uh, American Horror Story <laughs> Apocalypse. <laughs> Bitch, got to she got to do her job. Now, which so, apocalypse is am I working on? This right, week? she's like the end of the world. My ass, bitches. Mine's got witches and shit in it, and Satan and Satan baby. Sorry, I already know the lines. I don't need to rehearse. I'm out. <laughs> Yeah, so basically all she gets to do is like have two scenes with uh, Sandy. Well, three probably if you count when they we first encounter them at Sandy's house, and then we roll over to the hospital for the OBGYN, and then we're in the Wagoneer, and then you know she's she's still really good though. She's she was good in this. She's great. That's why that's why we love Sarah Paulson. Yeah. That's why this director, you know, that's why Suzanne was like, "Girl, you got to be in my jam." Um, so, like, you know, if they're killing Sarah Paulson in the first, you know, few minutes of the movie, nobody's safe. I mean, we know Sandra Bullock's safe because, you know, somebody's got to be in the movie at the end. Yeah. But <laughs> she's on the poster. If we're starting with, we start with Sarah Paulson and then we got to wrap out BD because <laughs> BD is in the same apocalypse that Sarah's in. Yeah. Not as big of a role, but enough of a presence of like, we got to get him out of here. He had a little bit extra free time. A little, right. just a little bit. It was like, oh. <laughs> Hold, hold the pass van. Just just wait. Hold the pass van because I'm coming next. <laughs> when you said that, I just spit my tea. <laughs> hold the pass van. I'm I'm fixing to get killed. So you knew that when he went in to look at the the yeah you know the monster on the screen that we knew he was going to die because you and I were like 
you know, American Horror Story. They're shooting that shit. And then they wrapped out Laurel because Laurel's got, he's got his own show. Yeah, he's got it. Yeah. He lends himself to it. You know, they probably said, you know, you're hot, you're popular. We loved him and get out. He's got to go over there and be on his show, though. And they gave they gave his 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 character, you know, a good amount of comedy too. Yes, you know, just <laughs> just. And I think the show actually was self aware <laughs> about the fact that he was the guy in Get Out telling <laughs> folks what was going to happen. I loved that. I don't know if it was in purpose or not, but that was great writing. The script amused me. It really yeah. amused me. There was times when I thought, "Oh, I'm ready to roll my eyes," but it really didn't didn't let me down. So, um. I think, you know, we... His book, his book. And he's then writing he, his book. All his, he does, I'm writing a book, guys. research on the internet. That's where you get everything. That's where you get all your information. Yeah. I agree with him. Uh, let's talk about how we, you know, Travante Rhodes plays Tom and he's compelling out of the gate and you're like, oh my God, please don't do Travante this way. <laughs> Let Tom live. And they do. The movie, yeah. I guess, knows that we're going to feel this way about Tom. We're going to fall in love with Tom. And he does get to survive for a minute and goes out heroically saving his family. Yeah, they don't, you know, he 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 almost go, he goes out on his own terms. He goes out with a bang. You know. Well, goes out with five bangs. <laughs> <laughs> not, not to be that person. But let's just talk about why Sandra Bullock had to ruin strawberry Pop-Tarts for the kids forever. You know grown-up girl slash Olympia is going to be sitting there going, you guys, like... Don't even bring up strawberry Pop-Tarts because my first memory is like my dad dying. Like you guys, like I feel like, you know, that fucked up both of those kids for a minute. But isn't, I'm sure this is in the book, but is it my imagination? So Mallory and this lady Olympia are in the same crash house during the apocalypse. They have baby at the same time. Same day, yeah. There is, a, there is such thing as that, that kind of deal where one induces the other, like two women can be in the same room under stress. I didn't feel like that was too far-fetched. No, but, but also they were, they were a month or less apart. Right, right. And so I feel like those two under stress uh, in the circumstances, you know, uh, giving birth to babies, why Tom Hollander, uh, a.k.a. Miami, a.k.a. Miami Beach from Moham- yeah. uh, Moham- Bohemian Rhapsody and many others, but most recently Bohemian Rhapsody. You just knew he was crazy. He's never I've never seen Tom really be normal in anything. And John Malkovich knew it. John Malkovich knew yeah. Tom Hollander was fucked up or in shit. And when he broke in and he was telling that story about these insane asylum people made us look at the monster and I got away, I was like, mm-hmm. yeah. and you're holding on to that bag too much and you're just being weird as shit. See, I mean, like, for the most part, and I mentioned it while we were watching, it was like, for the most part, the movie was following its own rules. Yeah. You know? But the whole scene where he's in the, he's where, where, um, Hollander goes, you know, the babies are being born. Mm-hmm. And Malkovich is out in the um, in the garage, right? And it's just a pane glass door garage, and he's like, "Let me in, let me in." He can obviously see shits going on. You can also knock the windows out. Knock the fucking window out. See, it's a fucking people. garage. You don't even have Again, to hurt your hand. White people. So they had to knock the black guy out because it's like when you see when you see the dude putting the the birds in the the refrigerator in the freezer. In the freezer it's like okay. 
You've been waving around a gun since the beginning of this white dude. It's like, huh, like all of a sudden you got stupid? And I think you secretly might be a MAGA guy. We're not really sure. He does make that joke in the grocery store. So I don't know what like Malkovich's deal is. Yeah, that was like that part. I was just like, oh, see, that was kind of dumb. This is white people shit. I'm just saying if there's black people, he would knock the window out. The black guy, you know, Laurel, he sacrifices his life for everybody. That yeah. was selfish, and that was very brave because he was terrified, and he took on fish fingers. Tom had to get knocked out by Miami Beach. Yeah. So Miami Beach is going to go big to murder, so you murder see, everybody. You, yeah, you, see, you already mm-hmm. see him on the ground, and yep. why are you still out there? Right. It's just that, you know, and then the ending. But up to that point, I was like, okay. And then, like, the driving with the cars and yeah. the sensor shit, I was yeah. like, Oh, that's that's kind of cool. I love the whole censorship. In the yeah. co- so here's my deal, though. See, I want Jordan Peele to direct all the horror films because he makes all the decisions I would make. You don't run upstairs. You know, you don't trust people. You listen to John Malkovich. He may be an asshole, but he has the line of the people who survive in this situation are assholes. You know, there's the assholes and the dead. Yeah. So if that's really the decision, you're gonna, the, the persona you're going to hang on Malkovich, you know, then... He's gonna knock the windows out of there. Yeah, I mean, I mean, like first thing would have knocked the windows out. So yeah, I had my problems. I telegraphed a bunch of stuff. I think when I first heard the radio call from the guy named Rick, why is there always a fucking Rick in the apocalypse? <laughs> At least this one made better decisions. Uh, the other one was should have been blind, but this one really was blind. But I just called it. I said it's going to yeah. be a blind sanctuary. It's going to be everybody's going to be blind. Yeah, yeah. That was a that was telegraphing. Um. I love Pruitt Taylor Vance, though. I mean, like, the guy who plays Rick. I've oh. seen him for, I don't know how many years now, 20 years and stuff. And I I know he's had bigger roles in the past, but I just, I really I really wish a guy like um, Taylor or Pruitt, I don't know what he goes by, would, would like, get a bigger presence and stuff. He has the, the eye uh, disorder, um, but he's, I love him. I love him. I wish they would put him in like a more of a hero role, give him more of a presence. Okay, so let's talk about, okay, going back to Girl. So Girl, I feel like she knows that Mallory prefers um, Boy over her because they're in the boat. She's in, you're going to have to look. Yeah. And that little four-year-old girl always know, already knows. She hadn't even seen Meryl Streep and Sophie's Choice. She's like, bitch, I know you like that boy more than you do me. Because he came out of your body. Because you ain't my mama. Mm-hmm. So, and she's also got that good streak in her. And we don't really know what's up with Sandra's character, Mallory's character. But, you know, something somebody hurt her. I don't know if it was Ryan, her baby daddy. But she's going to say she's got a problem with the world. So she knows how to use a shotgun. Yeah. That's not anything bad about Mallory. She's a survivor. But, like, there's this, this that moment. And then, of course, she makes that decision, blah, blah, blah. And the monster almost almost gets her ass because, you know, her deepest, darkest fears are, you know, literally her sister's there. She can hear Tom's voice. Yeah. All that kind of stuff. Um, And she ends up coming through at the end and surviving and blah, blah, blah. I felt like it was a pretty predictable ending, but it was such a brutal film that you wanted a happy ending for people. Yeah. And you don't want everybody to be dead. You don't want, like, the kids to be surviving, telling the story. Although I have a feeling if there's a sequel to this movie, Mallory is running the the version of the saviors in this group. Because, I mean, uh, girl, Olympia is running the saviors because... Mallory is really harsh. I mean, even little boy was like, she's scared of you, man. I'm like, we're all scared of Sandra Bullock in this movie. 
I guess my big question about this movie is that if I'm if somebody if some monster were to reveal my deepest darkest fears, I feel like me and a bunch of Jews would live through this because I face my deepest darkest fears kind of on the regular basis. I'm kind of made like that. Would I kill myself? I feel like just the premise of the whole story doesn't really hold water. There's a film from 2008 called The Happening, um, directed by M. Night. And it got, you know, like a lot of M. Night's joints, it got shit-canned. But I enjoyed it. Because if it, it's this, it feels like the same story as this. So in in two thousand eight, the happening, starring Mark Wahlberg as a teacher, which you stopped me and said, "Oh yeah, just Mark Wahlberg as a teacher." You just like, yeah. Mark Wahlberg as a teacher. That was the first thing that you had to get around. Um, I mean, like you know, we had to believe that he can read. So he's a teacher trying to get out of the city, and he's there with John Leguizamo and blah blah blah, and then everything blows up and. People like hear this noise in the wind. You never see the monster. It's a it's a swarming noise. It's a, a sound or something, a vibration that causes a person to immediately commit suicide. Put pencils in their ears, walk in front of trains, bash their head against things. So, so if you had ear, if you plugged your ears up and then you were able to use your, I think you had to stay visual. out of. I think you had to stay out of the wind you had to stay away from it so it wouldn't like get into your brain somehow yeah it was like it was instantly viral so if you went into a house and you got out of the outdoors you were safe as soon as you stepped out like out of the car or into the open it got you right so i felt like this movie was already made and then people weren't like saying shit about it and i don't feel like it's necessarily an inferior movie to this yeah, I mean, when you when you start to think about it, it <laughs> then, then it just the whole thing just just doesn't hold up. Because I'm thinking about it now, and I said earlier in this podcast, it followed its rules. And I was like, okay, the rules are already, you know. I'm not trying even... to talk you out of enjoying it. I'm just no, saying, I I enjoyed yeah. it, but it was like, okay, if I think about it too much, then you know, don't leave the window open. It's like the quiet place. It can't go underneath the hole in the door. Okay. What about the doggy door? See, so I'm again, there's like just these monsters are fascinating and blah, blah, blah. I guess what I'm not understanding is that everybody's like losing their mind. I think it's because it's on Netflix and you can see it so easily. Okay. And people are like, this movie is so terrifying. And I'm like, have you seen the haunting of Hill on Hill House? The Hill haunting of, is it haunting of Hill House? That series is actually literally terrifying. I mean, that lady, come on. Yeah, it does. It does a better job using sound cues, visual things than this one. But this was a good popcorn thing. I think It was a great popcorn movie. I'm not saying it's a terrible movie at all. I guess I'm trying to understand the hype. Yeah. Um, And everybody was talking about it and buzzing about it. And I clocked it this morning with you. I made us watch it when we got up. We kind of slept in. It's the holiday season, whatever. And we watched it and I was just like, okay. I mean, it's fun. Yeah, it was cool. It was it was it, it was, was fun. Yeah, it was fun and I enjoyed the fact that I it came with the Netflix subscription. Right. I don't think I would have crossed the street to get I didn't have to pay food. an extra fourteen dollars to rent it off and of you know Amazon. What? If they had re released the happening, you know, and put that on Netflix, 
I mean, I, it should be doing just as good as this movie. Because it got like, oh, it's dumb. You know, none of, that's not even possible. And it's like, no, guys, it's just as good as this movie. Yeah, it's, it sounds like the same thing. Just, you just had to suspend your disbelief that Mark Wahlberg's a teacher. Yeah, <laughs> that's the only part that you have to... That's it. That's the only thing you've got to yeah. buy into is like, Mark Wahlberg teaches in this. And I don't know. I just feel like I'm not, I don't know why it's like, it's got me in that kind of, I'm not riled up. I just don't understand how things are popular. However, you know, 2008, that's 10 years ago, right? So maybe people did love it then. Maybe it's this whole generation of people, different people watching these things. So I'm just saying to y'all, I don't know where it is. I don't know if you can get it like on as part of your prime package or if it's just out there floating around, but check out the happening. Cause it feels like the quiet place. It feels like this one. Um, It feels like, and all of these films feel like World War Z, swarming, viral, instantaneous, you know, the apocalypse comes on fast. It doesn't, it's not like this like creeping thing. It's like, it just, it sweeps because we open with Sandy yelling at the kids. Mallory's like, I'll hurt you if you don't listen to me. I'm like, okay, calm down, bitch. And then secondly, it's like, you know, I don't know if that's a good motivation for children and then you, and then I guess there's part of the book that maybe she studied the river and they've been talking about the river and they understand tides and well, rapids. Well, no, no. The, the, um, when they got a hold of Rick, Rick told them, you have to go down river. You're going to hit the, you're going to hit the rapids. You're going to hit the rapids. So let the boat take you down river. So you're just, you're not really, you know, yeah, once so you don't hit, need a compass for that. You're just yeah, in the boat. I mean, they, they, they had that, they had the, uh, how to do it. Right. So. so we get through that, and you know, and again, I like how they cut the movie. I like how uh, that was kind of cool. Suzanne Beer decided, you know, and her editor decided to put this movie together. I think that is also uh, one of its strengths. Yeah. is that we're not doing a, a a the old school linear, you know, third act. You're doing your acts yeah. are, you know, you're, we're jumping around. So I appreciated that so much. I do think it's an enjoyable movie. I totally get why people are like. You know, enjoying it. It's just this This movie's been made before. Um, what I also don't understand is how long this fucking place is going to last. Oh, we know it's yeah. Because we know it's been four yeah. years. I mean, it's, yeah. Because the kids are four years old when her and Tom, you know, they've been living out. They get further and further, it looks like, out into the, away from the city. Like, yeah, they're the, out in the woods. Yeah, they're and house like, it looks, yeah. It looks like uh, they're, like, old... Um, you know, cabins in the woods. They've gotten further and further away. I'm like, the monster, but the monster lives in the woods, though. So I don't, but maybe it's just to get away from people because we know one of the things, and I loved this element of it. I really love this element of it. Probably my favorite part of it that the happening didn't have and in other things is that that crazy people, I shouldn't use that word. I don't want to be insensitive. Um, people with certain mental illnesses and psychosis could see the monster monster and live. Yeah, and that was the weird thing because when because uh what is it, Fish Fingers you know, he worked at the grocery store. He wasn't in an institution. So he was you know, he was able to be in the general population. That right. was just something right. So you didn't have to of, be like from the asylum and and what yeah. what I had to and again the book maybe would explain this to me is that are we just saying all people with all kinds I mean it took whatever mental illness you were having yeah. and it sort of streamlined it into you all were like going, look at the monster. Everybody should see it'll They all were saying the same things. It'll, it'll cleanse us all. So you all became the same kind of disturbed. 
Yeah, and that, and now that I think about it, that that in itself is kind of troubling too. Because I mean, I liked like, it. I liked the aspect. I loved the notion that those who were mentally ill or had challenges with those things now were influenced by they, they could survive the monster. What I did not and do not appreciate about that. Is kind of the vilification of and the, the mentally ill. Yeah, and the generalization of it. Because, I mean, like, what if you just happen to have, like, you you're know... Deeply depressed. OCD. Or maybe you're just, you know, maybe there's all kinds... There's a huge spectrum of mental a, illness, yeah, right? Yeah, there's a huge spectrum. And and I think, you know, to some degree, every single one of us has that. Oh, are you kidding me? I have so clinical depression right off. Using on. that as a device in itself, I think... Within you know, the more it's, I think about this movie, the more I'm not liking hate it. it. I don't. I don't mean to do that though. I don't mean to pick. See, I'm picking at it, and it's falling apart for you. And I don't want to do that. I'm just saying these are things I think about when I watch these things, because I love stories and I love storytelling. And when they, when they fall apart in your hands, it's not that I'm. I'm still not sitting here saying that I would. I would probably. I would. I I would totally recommend watching this film, but I wouldn't come away thinking it's like genius. I'm just saying stuff like that. Like, so you're vilifying people who have mental illness, and you're making them all look like the fucking villains of your story. Yeah, that that in and of itself is problematic for me. That the bad guys are this monster that brings your biggest fears to the fore, and your notion is that you're going to kill yourself. So that plays into your your deep-seated mental illness. Like, again, I don't think I would kill myself based on that. The making me think about my biggest fears or losing everything. Actually physically losing everything that you hold dear. Sure. Suicide probably be about the, right there on the tip of my brain. But making me just think about it? No. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, yeah, so that, and then, then you got to get me to believe this. So we're at the very end. Again, I hope you've read the spoiler alert tag. So at the very end, we get to the movie and you have to make me believe that a, a flimsy ass place that is basically a, uh, what do you call those? An atrium filled with vines and birds, service animals. Um, blind people, women and children, women and children and service dogs yeah. are going to be able to fight off this world's version of the saviors. Yeah. I mean, like they walked up to the front door. Right. You know, there was, and when you think about whatever the villains, the, the humans that are villains that are alive, that are supposed to be the bad people could walk up to the same door, yeah. kick it down and just shoot everyone. So that in itself was like, uh, that was like. On the initial watch, I was I came away with like, okay, that does not, I don't believe that. Yeah, you know, and like, how long is this I couldn't last? I couldn't get myself to accept that one. I feel like if if all of these people live through it, you know, like I said, I feel like uh, if you did like the follow up movie, you're gonna have like Olympia slash girl sitting there, you know, leading the saviors, and that's how we became the society that we are now. Uh, because yeah, it, you know, Mallory made her mentally ill yeah. and like you know doubting herself. I just it it's. She, I mean, she'd yeah. have to become as like as tough as whatever the villains are out there, and then it would just be, you know, I'm going to take you up before you take me up. It was a lot of fun. It has a, it's it's a good holiday movie. Everybody's yeah. at home for break. It's a great movie to consume. But I there's a lot of people shitting on this movie. Yeah, really. And I totally understand. Yeah. 
I get it. And I didn't read any of those things until we saw it. I just, you know, how it is. Like, I'll, I'll see everybody buzzing about something, and then I'm like, okay, we're going to watch this before somebody comes along and, like, says something to A, either spoil it or, like, you know, influence me. I want us to do a podcast about it. So we can spoil it for everyone else. Well, we do put a spoiler tag on ours. Yeah. I don't just go on Twitter and do shit like some people do. Damn. So, yeah. It's kind of my feelings about it. I mean, again, I didn't... I'm not going to shit on it. Yeah. I mean, it's a good- I, and, and again, in my, I liked the happening. Everybody was like hating on the happening. And I, I think I waited for streaming. I certainly didn't see it in the theater. People were like, oh, that movie. I'm like, oh, that's I, I tend, I like most of uh, M. Night Shyamalan's movies. I mean, yeah. Some of our, our except for when I sat in the village, better than the others. I sat but. in the village and figured it out in the first ten minutes, and I was just like, "Are you fucking kidding me?" And I'm I'm kind of looking forward to seeing Glass. I just saw the the uh, yes. the billboards for that. I had no idea that was coming out. You know, and I haven't rewatched like the Lady in the Water or whatever it was called, the one of the the Paul Giamatti and Bryce Dallas Howard, Dallas Bryce Howard or whatever his name is. I haven't seen that one in a minute, and that I remember watching that one and going, "Why?" Um... But yeah, I don't know. Stories are fun and it's good to ponder yeah. these things. And again, it's problematic these days when you're taking a book and you're adapting it. Did Josh Josh Mallerman's book, does it have all of these things there and it's better explained? And, Probably. You know, and, and was this already there? And like the problem with squeezing that material down into a two-hour picture it's just hard. Yeah. You know, we talked about Bohemian Rhapsody, as far as I'm concerned, could have been a six-part series, so you get the life of Freddie Mercury in there, much less a sweeping, apocalyptical story. You know, American Horror Story had a hell of a season because they had the time to address a bunch of story and tell a bunch of things. They had two hours, you know, and, you know, they had John Malkovich in that motherfucker. Who yeah. lasted longer than I thought. He doesn't have a project, I guess, that was pressing so he could stay for a film. He is a movie star. So, like, yeah. we'll keep John around, you know, for a minute. Um, I liked all the characters, you know. Like I said, there was a couple of moments, like, why doesn't Malkovich just beat the beat the, the windows out of that door? You know? Yeah. There was, just, there was just times, and I was just like... And also, I couldn't get around the fact that I think I would like hanging out with Sandra Bullock. She seems like she's like, you know, a fun person. But I don't always love her in stuff. I don't I don't see her in a lot of stuff. I don't see a lot of her movies. I have I have loved her some stuff. I think she could, she's got great comic timing, but I feel like sometimes it's like I'm watching a person who's a movie star. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, yeah. Like, I feel like I'm watching someone, but then, then, then she'll, you know, then there's moments like she pumps the shotgun or when she's like, well, we're not assholes, you know, she has these great moments where I feel like she's in her character and I'm with her and I want to like her, but I don't always, I'm not always feeling her. That's how I felt in that opening scene with, with her and, um, Paulson. It was like, I felt as like every time, okay. Oh, it's Sandra Bullock now. Oh, okay. Now we're looking. Okay. It's Sandra Bullock. I didn't immediately latch on to her. Yeah. And it doesn't, it, that's kind of been my problem with her in the past a little bit. You know, and in the end, I'm like, yeah. Yeah. So those are my things about it. Uh, I think the little girl, uh, for me, faves were Travante Rhodes as Tom. Um, 
second favorite is a little girl. She's awesome. I love her. Um, I really like Tom Hollander and everything. He, you know, he's insane. Uh, and of course, probably second probably would be Trevante, then Laurel, and then the little girl, and then Tom Hollander. Um, yeah. So, and I swear to God that the thugs that showed up to like face off with Tom, I'm like, wasn't this motherfucker just in The Walking Dead? I feel like they just cast all the people from The Walking Dead. <laughs> To play uh, a post-apocalyptal, uh, uh, apocalyptal thugs. They they just yeah. They uh, just, and things. I'm like, wasn't he in The Walking Dead? Or imagine I just because that's a huge bench, you know, over yeah. at Walking Dead. They've been going on forever. So I'm like, didn't I see the same guy threaten people in? Or maybe it was. Uh, I think we're alone now. I don't know. Again, a movie that we watched about the end of the world that made sense up until the very end was I think we're alone now with. Um, Come on. I'm totally blanking. Yeah, I don't know. Tyrion, remember. Peter Dinklage. Oh, okay. Is it I think we're alone now? That movie that we saw, that strange film, he's living at an organ or wherever the hell he is. Oh, yeah. That's right. That's right. L. Fanning. Yeah, that one was good. It was really good until like the second half of the movie. We were like, what? Was this another screenplay that you just needed to cobble together? That moment I was just like, what's happening? I want to make sure. Let me look it up. Um, Because we just watched. And again, I'm just thinking about, I love me. I'm a sucker for a post-apocalyptical movie. Um, So, and and he did, it was a little indie joint that he did. And we, and I remember why I actually purchased it, I think on streaming and showed it to you. And you were like, yeah, I think we're yeah, alone I now. I think we're alone now, yeah. And that came out in 2018. So, yeah, and it was, it was really good until that strange fucking... Where they go to Palm Springs. Yeah, and then speaking it's like, of Paul Giamatti, I'm yeah. like, what's happening? Yeah, yeah, that was like, what? And Charlotte Gainsborough, for just inexplicably, is in the end of this movie. Like, you have Charlotte Gainsborough and you, you do that with her. Anyway... Yeah, that one was a very bizarre movie. It's hard to like, hard to know what to do with apocalyptical, apocalyptical movies. Um, like I can't say the word. It's hard to do it with script. I would imagine. I've never written anything necessarily like that. Well, what am I saying? Um, my book is about that. It's hard because you make a decision and then you're like, well, why wouldn't they do this? And then you're, you're no, you're in, you've shed. 15 pages and you've added 40. So yeah, I, I do struggle with this. I don't know what I'm saying. I've been struggling. I'm taking a little bit of a break from the book right now, but you know, it's almost done guys. Don't worry. But I just, I feel like, uh, they're hard to write because you're sitting there going, why wouldn't you do X, Y, and Z? I mean, it would have been easy enough to have Malkovich break out the windows. Yeah, I didn't get that part. That was just like, come on now. If you have Netflix, you should watch it. It's fun. You know, you can get it done in two hours, be on with your life. Then you'll know what everybody else is talking about. I think the memes are actually funnier than the film itself. Yeah. I mean, you can like cook dinner while you're watching it or. People are know. like, it's so scary. I'm like, it's not really not scary. And there are some really nice moments in it, but yeah. Yeah. Right. I was surprised you wanted to do a podcast about it. But here we are. I'm glad we did. I always love doing podcasts with you. <laughs> You're sort of sitting over there going, am I mad? No, now, now that I'm thinking about it, I'm like, oh, man. 
But it is a fun movie. Sure. It's fun. It's it's entertaining. Get some popcorn. I think yeah. because it's fresh and it's new and it's the holidays and it's Yeah. We're gobbling up entertainment right now. Yeah. That's what it is. I think that's what it is. I think it's like is this the best hamburger I've ever had? I think it's just the hamburger near your mouth. <laughs> you know? You know, you know, and it's like it's not cold and it's not terrible and it's been cooked all the way through and it's not soggy. Or I'm like raging drunk and there's a hamburger and it's hot. And Could it's be a little bit of that too. Could be that the holidays are the drunkenness and yeah. the show is the hamburger near your mouth. Okay. Um, yeah, we got another one coming up. Stand by for that. I know we have a tea time coming up. We wanted to drop in and uh, talk about Bird Box. I hope you guys enjoy it. I really do. Don't listen to us. If you loved it and you thought it was great, drop us a line. Tell us on our, our uh, social media why you thought it was amazing and how we're wrong. I'm always willing to be wrong. You know, if you want to, like, defend the movie and be like, you guys missed the whole of course. Please, you know, if I watched it wrong or I didn't watch it with the right mindset, please let me know. Or if you thought it was fucking terrible and we gave it too much of a choice, <laughs> a chance, you can say that too. I just think, you know, people, it took a lot to make this movie. Everybody was wet and cold and it just seemed like it was a lot. Yeah, people did some hard work, so. Yeah, people people did some hard work. So, I mean, all that, that whole opening itself was just insane. So, I don't want to like shit on people's work. I still think it was, uh, I think it's consumable entertainment and I'm not going to sit here with my arms folded and go, oh my God, I give it like three stars or whatever. Like I, I don't give stars. I just think, yeah. So let us know what you guys thought. All right. Peace and love. And we will talk to you soon, guys. Peace. <sighs>